Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Beyond Deadlines podcast, where we tackle challenges that schedule leaders come across on a day-to-day basis. My name is Micah Pipo, and I am a schedule manager for Intel. My name is Greg Lawton, and I'm the CEO of an AI schedule management company called Nodes and Links. Each podcast is designed to give you strategies and tactics that you can implement right away. Today's challenge, scheduling KPIs. So Greg, you ready to jump into the hot seat? Let's go for it. All right. You are the director of project controls at a top 10 general contractor. Historically, the only planning and scheduling KPIs used have been milestone variants. How do you establish a better set? Okay. First question. Um, what are these KPIs for? Who is the audience? You know, I, I thought you'd actually start with what does KPI stand for? <laughs> <laughs> Key performance indicator for everyone who doesn't know out there. And now what was your question again? My question was, who are they for? Let's say that since there's none that have existed, the CEO of the company said, Greg, I have no idea what's going on in scheduling realm. We need to deliver our projects faster. We need to, to deliver them on time and we need to be making money on them. I need metrics that I can use to drive the business. Show me what you got. Okay. And, and given, given that you just told me making money, are we talking just planning and scheduling KPIs here or are we talking project controls KPIs? Let's keep them scheduling focused, but there is some, when you get to this level and you start looking at these, they obviously blend over into other project controls. And if you're looking at cash flow or, you know, mm -hmm. things like that driven by schedule, but you may have to use a cost metric to get that sort of uh, output that someone would look for. Got it. Uh, given that the philosophy of developing these KPIs would be fairly similar, let's stick to, as you said, scheduling just to make it easier. Controls is just a level above that. So, okay. Are these KPIs sharing between uh, me and the CEO and the senior leadership team? Yep. Let's start it out with the C-suite. Got it. And my guess is what they're wanting to know is management by exception. Where do we, where do we need to put our attention and time to solve problems? Yeah. And I'll make it even trickier for you. Where's it working and we can double down on what's working. Okay. All right. Well, no, no, I can do both. I can do both. Okay. Right. I'm going to take a principle here, which is, uh, actually a principle of enterprise sales as opposed to planning and scheduling, which is the funnel. So in enterprise sales, what you're trying to, what you're not trying to do is sell to people. Cause if you try and sell to people, actually it's incredibly inefficient and it doesn't make you money. What you're trying to do is find very quickly who you can help and then put your efforts into helping them. So it's a qualification process. Implementing the same kind of concept here, what I would have is a qualification process for projects with regard to scheduling. So qualification point number one, has the project submitted their data on time? If the project has not submitted their data on time, someone needs to go and have a word with that project. So that is the immediate call to action for those. 
Number two. Now let's say, let's say just just let's, let's just pause for that in a second. Let's say that's you bring that up in a meeting. See us sitting there, and they say, "Greg, why the heck do I care about that? Why does it matter?" Well, I'd say I've got no data. You've got no KPIs. Simple as that. Carry on. We can all hypothesize, hypothesize and pull out of our ass if we want, but no, I'm going to do data. Thank you. Um, right. So number one is submission. We need data. Number two is we need good data. So does the submission abide by the schedule data quality checks that we impose at a group level? For C-suite and the directors, I wouldn't tell them what those checks are. I'd just create them and say, these these projects do, these projects don't. At which point, the ones that don't, the action is then on me to go there and say, right, you need to get this schedule up to quality. Then, then we get into the simple thing of, right, which projects are on time? The ones that are not on time are the ones that we we focus on next. Let's make a little little wrinkle there. Mm-hmm. One thing that I've seen people really spin out on when we start talking about on time and they go to a KPI, it sounds very simple, but what ends up happening is, is the project on time or delayed? And, and what is the definition of delayed? Exactly. Given, given that we're talking to the C-suite here, I would try, I would take the complexity out of that equation and I would try to keep it very simple. So for example, is this a key milestone slippage or a group of key milestone slippages, etc.? But I would actually just bring it down to a singular KPI for the C-suite of, is it an on-time project or is it not an on-time project? Um, however we define that, I'd have to look at the specific projects of the, the company. Then the next one would be trending. Are they, so the ones that are on time, are they trending to be off time? So that's a, I, I already know, I already know which projects are not on time right now. That's where I put my attention. The next batch are the ones that are on time, but are heading in the wrong direction. And then the final KPI, just to keep this process very simple, I would have is predictability. So I'd say of the ones that are on time, that are trending to be on time, is there any underlying things that I can see that might blow up and cause their trend to change direction? And I'd look at just task and milestone predictability there. So if people are saying, this month I'm going to do 3,000 tasks and milestones and they actually do 2,000, I'd be thinking, hmm, okay, well, that bow wave's going to hit at some point. Now, this is on one axis. On the other axis, you've got value or impact to the P&L or the bottom line. And what you will have then is a very simple four-box model where you've got you know, the worst kind of project projects that are not on time, that are trending to be later and are wildly unpredictable, yet are materially meaningful for the profit and loss of the company. Top right, that is the number one thing we're going to look at. Bottom left are those that are on time, that are trending to be on time and are reasonably predictable and have no impact on the company really at all. They're just kind of in the weeds. 
we don't need to spend a second talking about those. And I would essentially create that four box model. What I've seen most people do is just the first stage where they create some, well, they don't create a funnel, they create a set of KPIs, but don't filter down on the KPIs. A funnel is an advancement in that. What I've seen very few people do is turn it into a four box model of materiality to the company. But that is personally what I would advise. Yeah, the four box model, that's, that is an interesting strategy. I mean, I think if there's anyone out there who's looking to set this up, that is one of them with added in with your funnel. That is a, a, a key takeaway that I see missed all of the time. And the issue that you run into is a lot of times when people are setting up KPIs, they go ask the C-suite what, what they want. And what it comes back is, well, I want everything. I want to track every project. Every project's important. Everything is, you know, the, the most important. And so by having a strategy where you can go in and say, listen, these are the reasons why, you know, whether it's cost or procurements or criticality to downstream customers, creating that initial subset ahead of time, I think it's going to save people quite a lot of spin and churn but then also allow you to zero in on impacts and dollars. So following on with that long mic ramble, next question. Seems like you have a bit of a strategy, some KPIs set up. How is that going to then transition and you're going to start attacking that bottom line, saving the company money, earning the company dollars, and showing to the C-suite why they hired you as director of project controls? Oh, beautiful question. Okay, so this is, this is to be honest, where 99% of all the work will be. Now, first of all is how am I going to demonstrate? Always start from the answer. How am I going to generate that I'm the most valuable person they could have possibly given a million dollars to in the company? Um, and I've got two options for that. Either I can materially improve the KPIs that I've just discussed, or I can use those KPIs to guide me to the place where I can earn money. And they're not the same thing. What I would personally do is the first with a sprinkle of the second because simplicity. If, if I'm showing a set of KPIs and I've got a four box model and I go, this is the most material project to the company in terms of size and profit and cash, and it's in the worst position, I'm going to go and focus my effort on that. So I would actually use a 90-10 rule here where I spend 90% of my focus on those that top box and 10% of my focus elsewhere. So for example, and I'll get into the detail of how I'll do that. But what I would look to do is just say, just generally, these are the general across the board KPIs I've improved but I would do a deep dive on those specific projects to show how we've gone in and improved the underlying nature. So let's say we had 10 projects, nine of them are worth a pound, and one of them is worth a hundred pounds. To be honest, that's the only one I care about. I don't care about the rest. I would go into that one and let's say its problem was that it was on time, but trending in the wrong direction. Okay. What I would do is go in and I would find why it's trending in the wrong direction. 
what we could do to stop that trend, what we could do to reverse that trend, and then start to execute on those actions, and then give a new adjusted position. So say, my new adjusted position is this is now trending in the right direction. That's how I dive into these kinds of projects, because it's about... Do you know there's a principle I call I call this the Avengers principle. Um, the Avengers principle is if you watch the movie Avengers, they will show when they're they're fighting in the city, they will show mass destruction of a city, and then they'll zoom in on one person trying to run carrying a baby getting thrown across the road because it makes it personal, and then they'll zoom back out to a, a city in destruction. It's that the city is being destroyed. I'm zooming in and I'm saving the baby. Aren't I the hero? I thought I thought you were going to say it's because you're always angry. That's your secret. <laughs> okay, so let's let me throw a little bit of a wrinkle because I think you took an easy way out saying you had ten projects. One's a hundred pounds and nine or one pounds. Most portfolios aren't going to be that simplistic. You're not going to be able to just focus on one project. M- maybe some are, but in my experience working across data centers and you know, large-scale fab construction and large-scale ship construction, there's always a couple pans on the front burner. Mm-hmm. How would you use these KPIs to also then flag stuff that may not be in that fourth quadrant because it's not late, but it's critical? So let's say you had that 100-pound project and you had two other ones that were in the early stages uh, but they're not showing any signs of red. But if you, if everyone's kind of following the same processes, going through the same steps and their same kind of process, projects, like they're probably going to end up falling in that box. And so instead of being, you know, an Avenger, right? How do you go ahead and, and, and not have to avenge the project and, and, yep. and catch it early on? So I'm going to take a principle yeah, here that... If you will. <laughs> I'm going to take a principle here that the police in the UK use. So for terrorism, they they have the four Ps. One is prevent. One is prepare. One is pursue. And I forget the fourth, but it's essentially the different the different stages. And I'm a director of project controls here. So I would fully assume, do I have a team working for me? Absolutely then what I would have is I would have the maybe one person in prepare, which is the person who's responsible for KPI gathering, standardized so we can trust all the data. Then I would have a portion of my team in prevent. So I would, I would put them in those projects. And then the pursue that I need to go and fix these is what me and my right-hand people do. So you you have these separate elements of the teams. I could be lazy and just say, well, I'm managing all of these teams, but I, I always think that in this instance, the most senior needs to be involved in the most critical. So that that's how I'd look to do this. And what I'd look to do in things like uh, the prevent, so taking those very materially critical for the company, but looking okay, I would parachute people into there to add additional resource to make sure they keep being okay. 
so that they don't become a funnel problem later on. It's essentially blocking the funnel of problems. Yeah, oh, that makes that makes total sense. Let's let's switch gears just a little bit. It seems like you've nailed the C-suite CEO conversation. One of the other issues I've seen with KPIs when you bring in new director of project controls, mm -hmm. sometimes the people working there struggle to get on board with them or struggle to create them. You're only one person, you have a team. How do you get the boots on the ground, the people doing the day-to-day -to, -day, to not only provide the data, but then also care about the data and act on it as well? Because most times you bring something up to the C-suite, it's not like they're going to go get on a flight, go across the country, grab a wrench and start knocking walls out and building stuff. They're just going to say, oh, Greg, that is an interesting problem. Now go fix it. So how, how do you build that into the schedulers you have working on your team to get them to then champion these KPIs and, and, and really help? Sure, sure thing. So a couple of questions. Um, Am I, as director of project controls, am I a head office center of excellence and parachute in and save people, or am I a functional line lead of all of the schedulers in the company? So they report to me, not the project directors. Let's say the latter. You're running a hub and spoke operation. Yes, you do have a central mm -hmm. team but all schedulers around the globe report up to you. There's just regional base teams. They'll dotted light, they'll dotted line into directors of construction in that region, but they report to you. I'll make Got it easy it. for you. Yeah, that makes it a lot easier. So there's a, obviously this is about gartnering support and providing leadership. Whilst they're not simple concepts, I'm sure you can imagine how to go about doing this in terms of you'd you'd come in and say, this is what we're going to do. This is the central point. Long story short, what I would do is I would do the four step, do the four step process of um, tell, show, ask, review. So I would tell everyone what we're looking to do, why it's so important. I would show them and have my team go around and show them how to do it and make sure that it's not an imposing element of their role. I'd have a process as well that makes submission a lot easier. And then I would let them do it. Now, here's the thing. I would absolutely link the uh, submission of these kinds of KPIs to any performance review. They're not progressing in my organization if they're not supporting the core vision of the organization, which is to make project controls and scheduling a central component of the business's success. So if people aren't submitting, there will be, uh, there will be um, a certain procedure we can go through. So you know, there's only four reasons why people fail in a role. It's skill, will, um, environment, or equipment. I would... Did you have all the equipment? Did you have all of the guidance? Have we shown you and educated how to do this? If it ends up at the fundamental element of will, if you can't change the man, change the man. I'd replace them out and say, well, you're not on that project anymore. It's a challenge, etc." And then you go through you go through those review cycles. The big thing here is is to make it not 
onerous. So these kinds of KPIs about have you submitted on time? That's a very simple one. Is the schedule held to the correct quality? That's a fairly simple one. Is the project and the major milestones on time? That's pretty simple. Um, is it trending in the right direction? Again, SPI, et cetera, pretty simple. And predictability is fairly simple. There is one criteria I'd ask you, are we using a centralized cloud-based data storage system or is each project managing its data on its own? Its project is mailing in PDFs oh, with God. their performance. <laughs> Okay. Since well, we're that's... running since we're running short on time, oh, I will say oh. there is a central there's a central cloud base. We're running short on time, folks. So we want to keep these short and sweet, yeah. so you can go about your days. Let's say that you you do have a cloud based system. Everyone's on the same P6 server. They're uploading their files to that. Okay. Uh, so I could nice I could automate the production basically of most of those. If they're yeah, emailing in PDFs, I can tell you that that is stopping immediately, and we're using a shared <laughs> spreadsheet to start with. I, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> And so essentially, essentially, that's what I do. I'd um, I'd go through the framework of um, tell, show, observe, and review feedback. I'd have a process of escalation, and I'd make it a simple operation. If it's a cloud-based system, to be honest, I could probably automate most of this stuff without telling many people. I could just get yep. it done. Excellent. Well, we have reached our my. My time buzzer is going off in the background. We want to, again, keep these short and sweet so y'all can go about your day and take these tactics and strategies you've learned on this podcast and go implement them out in the projects in which you support. So to close, Greg, any final thoughts on scheduling KPIs and and the Avengers? Yeah, well, well, actually, I would tell people, just Google the BCG matrix. So that four box model is actually taken from Boston Consulting Group and McKinsey who do purely C-suite consultancy work. And the most famous one is called the BCG matrix, which essentially is a four box model of market share and growth rate, which enables CEOs to decide what companies to acquire and what to exit from. The principle is all the same create an incredibly simple picture that has a one single strategy you do in each. Now, if you take that and apply it to scheduling, it applies not just to KPIs, but actually it applies to quite a lot of things. Yeah, we will, uh, I will find the link to that. We'll find a link to that and put it in the show notes. So you don't have to go digging for it and you get the right, uh, the right matrix. Cause, uh, I know that can be challenging. Well, Greg, it was a, it was a pleasure. And for everyone else out there, we look forward to seeing you on next week's episode. Have a great one.